you're not finished yet. You may retire from a job, but you haven't retired from life. You haven't retired uh, if you're a disciple from your journey with Christ. Welcome to the Fresh Expressions podcast, season four. I'm calling it the holiday edition. I'm your host, Heather Jalad. I'm a local pastor and a cultivator of Fresh Expressions, new faith communities that strive to reach new people in unexpected places. Season four will help you reimagine how you can leverage the fall season and the winter holidays to reinvigorate your church's relationship to your neighborhood and community. If you love this podcast, we hope you'll check out more. Head over to FX Connect, an online community of church leaders who are reaching new people in new places and access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials. You can register for free today at fxconnectus.org. And if you've benefited from this podcast, you can help us spread the word. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or just share your favorite episode with a friend or on social media. Well, welcome back to the Fresh Expressions podcast. It is good to have with me today the Reverend Jim Devine. Um, all the way from the sunshine state of Florida. <laughs> hey, Jim. All right. <laughs> Hello, Heather. Uh, it, How are you doing today? I am. I'm good. Not so much sunshine today. I have to say that. So, uh, <laughs> but I will say that um, Jim and I have. I've, I've heard lore of Jim for years and never actually met him. <laughs> so I'm excited to get to have this conversation, and particularly about this topic. Um, about the boomer generation and really the the context that you are immersed in there in the villages of Florida. So if you would just introduce yourself the way you like to be introduced and share a little bit about your context. Yes, thank you, Heather. I am Jim Devine, and uh, I am a church planter, uh, and I I launched a church in the villages of Florida 11 years ago. Uh, It's called uh, Lake Deaton United Methodist Church. And uh, if you don't know, the Villages is the largest retirement community in the world. And what I always like to say, if you take the the next 10 largest retirement communities uh, in the world, put them together, they're still not as large as the Villages. Okay, wow. Uh, I did not even know large. that. I mean, I knew the Village, I, yes. I knew maybe in this country, but I was not aware of the world. That's, that's a big number. <laughs> yes. And a yes. growing one. Well, and it's, yes, and it's still growing. Uh, we are growing. The village is growing more today than it's ever grown, uh, uh, than it's ever been. And it's just taking off. In fact, right now they have, and their maps are showing, they have more land that they'll be developing in the next 10 years than is totally consistent, that is totally uh, uh, includes the villages today. So the villages is going to more than double in size within the next decade. So wow. it's just taking off. It's a crazy place to be. It's a fun place to be. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> well, and very exciting. I, I think that, you know, a lot of times in the in the church and maybe even in the, the Fresh Expressions movement, we are, you know, we, we become very focused on the emerging generations and the rise of yes. the the nuns for sure. But, you know, I, I think to, to sometimes to the to the diminishment of the the duns and um, and that probably, That's I mean, right. I'm just going to guess, kind of resonates with you. Um, and 
what you experience in your particular context. So yeah. say a little bit yeah. about that as far as this season well, of life. Fact, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's a, it's a powerful thing. So this is my third church plant. And, and uh, prior to launching this church, I had started uh, before Fresh Expressions ever existed. I started a coffee house ministry in Tallahassee geared towards uh, graduates, uh, college students and graduates. And, and, you know, it was it was a very uh, uh, modern yeah. uh, uh, encompassment of what it means to to reach out. And so I moved to the villages and all of a sudden I realized in our first year uh, that, that as baby boomers, mm. uh, there were no uh, people I was meeting. There was no nuns. Mm. Everybody was a dun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either it was a church person coming in, but every day I would meet people. They had a church history. They had, they knew church uh, lingo. So it was really a refocusing of ministry to say, how do we reach out uh, to people that have left the church? Uh, because that is 60% of the people in the village today wow. will still identify yeah. uh, as having some church affiliation, but in reality, they're duns. Mm. And uh, so that's, that was one of our first uh, main focus that we had to look at as a new church was how do we change our focus yeah. uh, to a different to a different model? Yeah, absolutely. And and it sounds like I mean, like so many, I mean, so many of us and that are a part of this movement, the the whole um, grasp of contextual um, communities of yeah. faith is something that um, uh, is comes more naturally to you, I guess you would say, but also a recognition that, you know, we can't plug and play what we do on a Sunday morning for the most part in a building in all of these different um, places and spaces of our lives. Um, And that translated to your current context. So, I mean, you want to share a little bit about the uniqueness of this generation and, um, and what we're looking at because they are called the me generation, the me generation. (laughs) And and uh, and they fit, and I shouldn't say they. <laughs> I fit. Yes, yeah. I'm I'm 60 years old. I'm one of them. Uh, but uh, uh, we fit the B generation. Mm. So it's an interesting thing when you come into the villages and you start connecting with people, and you you uh, uh, take them out to lunch, or you realize uh, that uh, they are all about. Uh, what am I going to get out of this? The, the entire model that the villages was launched on was that they produce a neighborhood. So when they come in uh, to start a new neighborhood, a new village, they call it, they put in the golf courses, they put in the swimming pools, the recreation centers, everything is in before the first house is sold. So the day you come in, everything is there for you. Wow. And, wow. and that is, and that's even how people expect church to be. Yeah. They expect to come to church and have everything there for them. And, and so that was a different model for us uh, than I've, I've had in past uh, situations. But, but it's also, I, I love the analogy somebody gave me several years ago uh, of baby boomers. They said uh, that a good baby boomer is like a teenager with unlimited resources and no parental supervision. Uh, and, oh, gosh. And they they play. Yeah. Uh, they travel. Uh, they goof off. Whatever their hobbies are, they, mm. they spend excessive amounts on it. Uh, one of the things that we find in the church is that people come uh, to our church. Uh, we, we go out. We connect with them. 
we we've built ways to to one of the things that we're proud of is uh, almost 27% of the people that come into our church are people that are returning to church that have been out of a a Christian environment for a decade or more. Wow. And so we are we are reaching out and connecting to the Duns and uh consistently though people come in and they say, "Yeah, I'm going to come here. I'll go to worship." Mhm. Uh, but don't ask me to do anything else. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. I've done that. I'm retired. And uh, that's <laughs> been one of our biggest everything. things. <laughs> retired from everything. The rest of my life, I'm going to play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, so you I've know, learned, there's, I've learned it. There, there's, inter- Go ahead. there's interesting things about this generation because not only do we understand those things, but they are a generation that was very much about like self-realization and self-actualization and, and non-traditional, like really pushing up against the grain of society. And I think those, while um, they were very antagonistic to the culture that they were really shaped in and shaped, um, I think can be pretty helpful in the current reality of yeah. the the uh, uh, the church that we find ourselves in in the Western world, certainly for for such a time as this. And so, um, yeah. you know, you you have managed to get folks engaged or re-engaged in their um, the practice of their faith and their um, relationship with God. So, I mean, can you share a little bit about what that what that has looked like, how that's played out in your particular context? Yeah. Well, the main thing we saw very early on, uh, unlike a lot of other fresh expressions uh, uh, movements or or uh, places and, and uh, context, what we realized was uh, that people were going to come to us. So so we actually tried to put the whole idea of invitational that I had gone away from for, for a decade or more, we put it on hyperdrive. And we do stuff to invite people to our church. Uh, every quarter, we have some big party. Okay. We just last week had a Oktoberfest. We had a polka band. <laughs> uh, you know, brought everything. We invite the community. We push our congregation to invite people, and and we get anywhere from seven hundred to thousand people wow. coming to events like this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes four hundred, seven hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a a, a Valentine's uh, dinner and dance, uh, high end, and and we get people to come to that. Uh, we do we do service every service thing we do. We try to get people to come to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is a generation of people uh, that want to come to things. They want to experience that. But then what we do is everything we do, we uh, just uh, continually give the sound bite that this is a place to come and explore. The, the, the me generation wants to explore who I am, yeah. what I'm about. Yeah. Uh, in your third stage of life, your last stage of life, uh, to explore uh, my faith, what it means to me who God is to me, and and to prepare for the end of our life. And and that's worked. I mean, people want yeah. to do that. And so we've worked to be radically hospitable to anybody and everybody that comes in our doors, uh, that no matter who you are, you're going to feel welcomed. You're, you're going to pr- find a place that's safe to explore, to give ideas. Uh, we really emphasize that when we have mm. different events at the church, different classes, different small groups. Uh, we really emphasize Every opinion is okay. okay. Uh, we're we're going to share our truth as we know it, but we're going to let you work through your truth. Mm. And so we're not going to bash you for what you believe or mm-hmm. where you're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just going to continue to guide you. Uh, it's really, 
you know, when you look at a center set versus bound set yeah, model, yeah. we really strive to be a center set that everybody's welcome that comes in and really push that. That's good. I mean, I, and it's really worked well. I was going to say, it sounds like you've really kind of, um, you know, done, done that work of listening that we talk about in the, and paying attention to your particular context and that, you know, yeah. Some of the approaches, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pastor too. There, I, I have been guilty yeah. of uh, going into different contexts and thinking I can, you know, do the same thing I did over here and expecting the same result. And, you know, yeah. and, and so you've, <clears throat> you have recognized the difference that is there. You've also kind of tapped into something that I think is significant to this generation. And it is that the, the social aspects that you already are noticing yeah. that are so important, right? And and creating spaces for that, um, that the um, you know, the relational aspect for um, you know, in yeah. those environments, and then those creating those safe spaces for exploration or um, you know, about who they are in their and their relationship with God as well, and their unique purpose and their unique gift, right? And yeah, um, and kind of giving that, you know, saying, you know, kind of giving the power away, if you will, um, and not trying to manipulate anything. I think that's, um, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and within that as well, we, we, our church has stuff going on every single day of the week, mm. all day, uh, except Friday afternoon, Saturday morning. And the only time, the only reason we have that is for our facility staff to kind of reset, uh, reposition everything. <laughs> yeah. But, but we have, we have sports ministries going on every day of the week. Wow. Uh, pickleball. We're at right okay, now. We're the only pickleball. indoor that pickleball. Is, that is the thing these days. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pickleball is the fastest growing sport in America and uh, of all generations. Yeah. But uh, huh. so we have, uh, and, and so people love it in the villages. So we have pickleball four times a week. Wow. Uh, and we're the only indoor courts in the villages. They're actually the villages because of what we've done are now building an indoor pickleball facility. Okay. Wait, wait, uh, wait, pause but, for a second. Pause for a second. Because most of the time the church is duplicating something that's happening out in the world. <laughs> this is like, we're, we, the, 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 the community is duplicating something that, that you have done in the church that that's, that's remarkable. I love it. Yeah, isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. I love it. I love it. So uh, my, here's my question: because this is such a, a social group, and this, um, you know, this hospitality is obviously so important. Like, how how do you keep from being, um, you know, we've used different metaphors. Like, how do you keep from being a cruise ship versus a battleship? Or is that a like not a problem to solve, yeah. but a tension to manage, really? Yeah, I think it's a, a tension to manage. Yeah. Uh, and, and let me tell you, <laughs> we ask that question all the time <laughs> uh, because yeah. uh, we, we want to make sure. Uh, but the key is, so so we've ended up, and, and this, this actually came out of the process of first listening and then loving people, mm -hmm. uh, starting to form community. Mm -hmm. It came out of the whole Fresh Expressions Journey, yeah. movement. Uh, of how we started to play with this and look at it. Mm. Uh, but we never lose focus of what our ultimate goal is. And, and our ultimate goal is is really twofold. It's one is to prepare uh, people in their last third of life mm -hmm. uh, for eternity. Mm. And, and so uh, we always are guiding people into uh, 
to both. Uh, we've ended up focusing around class uh, and seminar and different opportunities for spiritual growth. Mm. But then we really focus hard on small groups. Okay. And uh, it, it's actually something we're struggling with right now. Prior to COVID, almost 70% of our con- congregation were involved in a small group. Wow. And, and our small groups uh, are, are based on uh, living with each other, loving each other, uh, and and studying uh, the Word, studying Christ, and, and going deeper with Christ. Uh, since COVID, and we've come back and, and we're growing again significantly, uh, but we now only have about 37% in small okay. groups. And so we're really pushing to build that up again. Uh, okay. Well, I'm- it's still a significant number, but it's it's a, it's a long way from where we used to be. Yeah, I don't think you're I don't think you're unusual in um what the whole church is dealing with at this point in time yeah, and yeah. Bef- the 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 before covid and and since covid um for sure. I I um if you if you had to 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 give any guidance or share some of the wisdom of the journey that you've had in in church planning in different contexts and you know, knowing what you know about the Fresh Expressions journey and everything else, um, what are some what are some ways that churches can guide this particular generation? You're in a unique context where literally, like yeah. this is your church, but you know, boomers in, are in every congregation. They're they're beginning to dwindle yeah. more and more. But um, how can how would you guide churches to to kind of help this generation discover their part in the body and and, yeah. and their eternity? I- yeah, I mean, that's such a, I mean, that's the center of it all. Mm-hmm. So first off, it's interesting. So when I started, when, when we engaged and, and I moved here to start what is now Lake Deaton, uh, I, I went through my own, mm. uh, my own transition. Mm. I, I have to, and I tell the congregation this all the time. I actually went through a, a little bit of time of depression because I realized, wait, I'm in this, in this retirement community church. And uh, it's filled with boomers and beyond, uh-huh. and uh, and I I'm stuck here, uh, but <laughs> but God started to give me this vision, uh-huh. and and it was uh, that this right now is is and and will be for about another ten to fifteen years. Yeah. I think the most significant mission force, uh, uh, potential mission force in America. Yeah. I mean, there's still seventy six million people. In this in this generation, it makes us one of the largest uh, communities in America, and uh, wow. and and the church is not doing anything to reach it. Yeah. If in fact, one of the things that we discovered as we started growing, and then I go out to meetings, I go out to other churches to speak. A couple times that I've been on Fresh Expressions engagements, mm-hmm. uh, I have people come to me, and and consistently, I've become convinced the majority of mainline denominational churches, yeah. Uh, the majority of their congregation are yes, boomers. Yes, yes. And and consistently I find that people do one of two things. Pastors do one of two things. They try to just make them happy mm. uh, so that they continue <laughs> to tithe because it is a tithing generation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or they fully focus in uh, to them uh, and, and make that the center of their church, which then uh, – stops the church from reaching out to the next mm. generation. And and so what we've started to push, we have to engage people uh, that as they come into our community, 
is that we're not finished yet. Mm. We're not finished yet. Mm-hmm. You're not finished mm-hmm. yet. You may retire yeah. from a job, yeah. uh, but you're not finished yet. You haven't retired from life. You haven't retired uh, if you're a disciple That's right. from your journey with Christ. That goes on until the day you die, and then it will actually continue yeah. into eternity. Yeah. yeah. And and so so that's we push that. Uh, mm. And from day one, we we tried to engage people where they're at. That's why we have the things that we yeah. do, the games that we play, the the physical stuff. Uh, we teach classes on everything. We have art classes. Uh, we have uh, quilting classes sewing classes, photography classes, uh, but we also have spiritual classes Mm -hmm. and and ways to examine our faith. And what we find is people that come in that are are duns and have been away from the church for a long time, when they start engaging, they start finding themselves to that. So the first thing that we start to push people towards, and and we have uh, ways that we do that, is to begin to look out and say, what's your life purpose now? What's that thing that God wants you to wake up that wakes you up every morning? Mm. I don't know if you've heard the term ikigai. No. Uh, it's, it's from ikigai. is from Okinawa, and it's from the blue zones, uh, the, the five places in the world where the people live the longest. Okay. And one of the consistent things uh, in Okinawa, which is the place where the longest, yeah. uh, the, the longest longevity on earth, uh, that they have an ikigai, a thing that wakes them up in the morning. I think I saw that and there so was like a whole Netflix uh, series on the places in the world where people live the longest. And now that yes, 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 <laughs> live to a live to a hundred. I think it's called yes, yes. So, so we push that. Uh, we we uh, and and so what I've started doing is with friends and colleagues is I start to push them and say, what do you? Consistently, whenever I'm out someplace, I'll say, what are you doing? Because somewhere the conversation will come around to uh, that they have a retirement community, Mm -hmm. that that's the largest community in their church. And then I'll say, what are you doing to engage them? And consistently, I'll have people say, well, we're actually, we're we're not doing a good job. Or we, we, they either do the thing that we're uh, giving them play, you know, we keep them entertained, Mm -hmm. uh, or ones that will say, well, they're, they're destroying us because they want it their way. <laughs> and so, so we, we pushed from the day we launched is that we're not finished yet. We still have something to do, but we also, one of the things that, and this grew over the years is that we pushed, we pushed the idea that we're not in it to win it. It doesn't matter if our church is open in 20 years. Yeah, It doesn't matter because we're not going to be here and the next generation is what's important to us. Mm. And and so we really emphasize things like kids and grandkids. What we found is you can get to people's hearts with their kids and grandkids sure. and consistently people in our church, uh, if their kids are not in the church, their grandkids certainly are not mm. in the church. And, and a lot of them have great grandkids that aren't in the church that are truly nuns that haven't done anything. And so, we really uh, push fresh expressions here. We we push that we need to go out mm. and we're not going out to save our church. Yeah. We're not going out to, to save a building and a place. We're going out to, to serve the next generation. Mm. And uh, one, one of the things we found too is that a lot of people in our generation struggle 
uh, with the more creative or I would say spontaneous forms of fresh expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they really come around things like dinner church, sure. messy church. Yeah. Uh, we, we really do a lot of work with the local. Uh, we have a local under-resourced elementary school. Okay. And uh, we have really focused there mm-hmm. and are starting to to build relationships there. Have have done messy church before COVID. Yeah. Uh, since COVID, it, it's just rebuilding right now. We're getting ready to launch it again uh, within the next year. But we're building relationships there again. We had to kind of restart all that. But Jim, I have to be honest. I never would have thought of messy church in the villages. However, you have. You have named something that I think is significant, and that is the love of a grandparent for their grandchild and their desire to share their inheritance of their relationship with God, that rich faith inheritance with their with their grandchildren. And even if, you know, I mean, my goodness, I you know, we've all served churches where um, folks uh, come for a season um, until their children get a get yeah. to be a certain age. And then once yeah. their kids go through confirmation or graduate, they, they kind of peace out and we don't see them anymore. Um, but this, this to me, something like messy church would certainly bring a grandparent back to the church for their grandchild. I love that. Yes. I love yeah. that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, so we, we actually focus on, on two forms of, of, of reaching out or evangelism. Mm. Uh, one is to the the duns yeah. in our community. Uh, we've ended up focusing on that through doing what we call home groups. So it's almost like a dinner church, but it's at home, yeah. uh, where you get two couples together, and uh, they invite two to four couple, two to three couples, absolutely that are unsure or that are duns, yeah. and engage them around a spiritual dialogue. And then we're focusing on doing fresh expressions to our community out, outside of the villages. Love, 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 love. Okay, so three, if you had to share three like practical steps for our, our listeners, for the pastors, the leaders um, listening right now, what would those be to kind of get started in engaging this particular generation of people? Maybe three practical steps they could take. Yeah, so uh, for us, it's been easy. Not not easy. Uh, simple. Okay. Not easy. Got it. Uh, first one. First one is to acknowledge and radically uh, welcome your boomer generation. Okay. That that's the first thing. Just to acknowledge that they're there. To to acknowledge uh, who they are and and not shy away from that. And and for us, it's been radical hospitality mm-hmm. and and radical invitation. Doing everything we can to invite. Uh, boomers into our congregation. Uh, and and actually what I've learned now from friends that are doing this, colleagues in their churches, that that even churches that are not in retirement communities like ours, yeah. this works. Yeah. Uh, the second, what we found is, is and, and it begins with us at the church, is a radical commitment of care. Mm. Because one of the things that happens in the boomer generation is that mm. uh, there's going to either be mental illness or physical illness that sidelines someone mm-hmm. and they get dropped mm. in, in retirement communities when that happens, because the whole communities are built around activity. Yeah. And so when somebody starts experiencing some um, mental or physical issues, 
Uh, dementia is one of the biggest topics in the country today because we have, with more people living longer, more people are, are experiencing dementia issues. And they have to know that a church is going to care mm. for them and be there with them to the end. Yeah. And so we've worked hard to create a, a, a congregational care ministry program where we come alongside somebody and you may not be able to come physically to church anymore, but we're not going to leave you. We're going to be there. There's going to be people visiting okay. you and, and challenge you uh, and, and being engaged in your life. Uh, the third thing for us is that from the very beginning uh, was to not take the boomers where they're at, mm. but to challenge them to work. Mm. We're not finished yet. Mm. That's become our mantra. We're not finished yet. You have something to do, and it's something for others. Uh, and, and research shows that as we get older, the people that have a life purpose that's, that's beyond themselves, geared towards others, have the healthiest uh, long, and long, longest longevity of anybody around. So it's something that we're called to engage in. And it's, it's something, so even on a me-focused generation, you can say, this is for you. You're going to be healthier and more satisfied mm -hmm. if you start living into this call to serve others. And you have more time than you've ever had before. So you can, you can be more engaged, more active, and still find time to golf, play pickleball, and go to your Corvette club. Wow. I, I love it. It's like, it all comes together. Give away your inheritance before you die. <laughs> yes. Amen. It's, Amen. That's it. It's not all, That's it's it. not all about the financial things. Um, so, yeah. uh, uh, is there anything that I haven't asked you that I should have asked you or anything that we haven't talked about? Well, I, I think, uh, if there, there's something that's passionate on my heart is what we call the 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 seven uh, attributes of seniors that, that okay. help us to have an active uh, uh, third generation of life, third third stage of life, and and it's become the focus of our community. And and like a lot of the things I've been talking about have all come out of these seven things. And this this all came from both listening, watching our community, but then doing a lot of research on health and. Uh, practical issues on growing old mm. uh, for uh, keeping us physically healthier, healthy longer and mentally healthy longer. And, and the things for us that we've ended up focusing on are, which we've talked a lot about mm -hmm. today, the life purpose, but also small groups. We have to have a small gang of people yeah. that we hang out yeah. with, do life with. And we need that all throughout life, but especially in our, in our last phase of life, mm. our, our last stage, because people become isolated. It's Absolutely. one of the biggest things yeah. that destroys them. But then also it, it that physical health, spiritual vitality, and mental growth all go together. Mm. If if somebody is uh mentally growing, they're more than likely going to be have a spiritual vitality and have physical health. If they have physical health, if they're staying physically healthy, yeah then they're going to have better mental health and spiritual vitality. All three go together, and we, and we push all three. And that's why we do sports here mm -hmm. uh, almost every day of the week, w why we have uh, lots of opportunities uh, for spiritual vitality from our, our weekend services to classes to prayer times to all sorts of spiritual engagements and why we teach all sorts of classes. Yeah. We want people to continue to learn. 
because we know all three go together. Use it or lose and it. And the last two were... <laughs> Use it yes, that's exactly it. it. That's exactly it. <laughs> and then the last two are the the caring community mm-hmm. that, that we have to we have to care for each other, which is really the call of a Christian community. Period. But especially in this third stage of life, and then serving the next generation. Mm-hmm. So we we emphasize those seven things. We've become based around those seven things. And and what I've found is those seven things can apply to churches in every context. Yeah. You don't have to be in a retirement community. You can you can apply those seven things uh with your with your uh boomer generation, whatever church you're in, yeah. and, and start to focus. They're all gonna bleed out to the whole church and they'll be positive to the whole church, but they're going to ignite this generation and and also then release this generation to go out and, and share the love of Christ yeah. uh, without expectation yes, yes, uh, yes. for saving them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, that sounds like Jesus's job, not mine. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus is pretty good at his job. So, um, yeah. I mean, it, 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 so you've given us really three steps that we can take. You've given us seven really um practices or characteristics to kind of foster this, this culture around the, the boomers and, and such people of influence. I mean, literally they had such an impact on our, on our society, on our culture, and really leaning into that as to how this can change the culture of the church and in the wider community as well with this, with this particular generation. Thank you, Jim. It's been really good. Thank you. It's been really good to be with you and get to know you a little bit better and and hear what God is doing there in Lake Deaton. I would love for you to, to pray over our listeners as we kind of close out today and consider um, maybe more carefully uh, this particular generation and the impact not only that they have had, but will continue to have for years to come. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Heather. It's been a wonderful time. This has been just joyful for me this morning. Wonderful, yay. So (laughs) let's pray. All right, let's pray. Uh, Lord God, uh, we just give you the praise uh, for this is your work that we are are participating in. And uh, we know the answer, Lord. We know the future. Mm. And it's all going to turn out all right with you and you alone. And so help us to continue to engage uh, the communities that we find ourselves in. Lord, especially my prayer today for everyone listening uh, or watching this podcast is that they would would look uh, around them to see the boomers that are engaged with them, that are in their communities, that are in their churches, and that they would engage them, Lord, for the kingdom, mm-hmm. not sideline mm-hmm. them not entertain them, Mm -hmm. uh, but engage them in a way that releases them uh, to go out and share your love with the world around, especially with their own generation and the generations to come. Lord God, thank you for providing such a rich uh, potential Mm -hmm. team of missionaries to go out and help us, Lord, especially as pastors, to be faithful uh, to our boomers to both prepare them uh, for the transition into eternity, uh, but then to, to ignite them to go out and share your love, to share your grace and your peace with the world around them. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.
Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we live, work, eat, and play by leveraging the creativity and endurance of the inherited church. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressions.com backslash how to start. Want to learn more from the Fresh Expressions team? Head over to freshexpressions.com slash training to learn ways we can work together to provide coaching, training, and inspiration for your church or organization. You can also get more resources like this on FX Connect, an online community full of other church leaders passionate about reaching new people in new places. Access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials and connect with other church leaders at fxconnectus.org. Season four of the Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by me, Heather Jalad. It's edited by Joel Limbaum and produced by Jeanette Statz, Kathleen Blackie, and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you have learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God bless you in your work for the kingdom.